mystical beings. Welcome to another episode of Mystic in the Hague. I'm Leah. And I'm Danielle. So today we're going to talk about the Fae. So yeah, fairies, mystical, magical creatures. Yeah. Oh, if only we had chimes right now to be like, ding, ding, ding. I know. <laughs> I have an obnoxious bell. Be like, ding, 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 ding. You're not the same. <laughs> so much glitter. That's also what I keep thinking of. And this, uh, this also, this, I have to look it up, but there's this Celtic book that I grew up with that had a bunch of fairies in it. And I was obsessed over it. I'll have to ask my mom, but it's like different types of fairies. Amazing. I was so obsessed with fairies as a child to this day. um, Did you ever see the book that's like Lady Cunningham's pressed fairy book? No. It's like these really incredible illustrations of fairies, but the story is that like this woman like caught all these fairies by like smushing them in books, like pressed flowers. (laughs) I know but it's like they're so beautifully done and the concept is so weird and bizarre that is hilarious but I that would be probably very intriguing yeah just to examine but like wild pressed what they look like pressed they look like flattened fairies it's not like gory or anything they're like it's it's not like exceptionally violent there's no blood or gore in illustrations they're just like they they look like tiny people that have gotten crushed by the books of pages of a book do they look scared are they a little bit (laughs) like you know what you would expect from if yeah yeah oh man oh man I don't know if I was obsessed with fairies when I was little, but they definitely were around the whole concept of them. So when I was really young, I grew up in the woods. The idea of fairies was just like around because there's when you're living in a forest, there's so many places where you can like make fairy houses and imagine that fairies are living and honestly probably do because now I've come full circle where as a witch, I'm like, well, fairies are real. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) They're very real. Do you have, like, a connection with them in some capacity? Um, not really. Like, I've left some offerings out for them in the past, but I'm respectful of the Fae. But um, I'm pretty sure that my spirit guide is a type of Fae. I need to touch base with that. Because last time I talked to my spirit guide through a Ouija board and a pendulum... I just assumed that she was a person, which might not be the case since when I did a spirit guide meditation, uh, caught she, like a, this black cat type of fae came to me and was like, oh, maybe this whole time it's actually just a 15th century cat fae. I didn't know there was a cat fae yeah so in scottish and celtic mythology in general there's a creature called the cot she um spelt cat sith basically is how it looks but it's pronounced cot she um and it's basically a cat that's entirely black except for a white spot kind of on its breast under its chin and usually about the size of a dog but i think i'm sure it varies honestly 
there's different folklore that suggests that the Kachi was actually a witch that could transform into a cat nine times. And the idea with the Kachi is that they would try to steal the soul of a person who's died before the gods could. So when someone would, had died, the family and friends would do like all these distraction methods like games and catnip and lots of different things to keep the Kachi from stealing the person's soul. And another thing that I read, which I didn't know, but I'm going to do this Halloween, is on Sawain, it's believed that a Kachi would bless any house that left out a saucer of milk. But otherwise, it would curse that house into basically not having cow's milk or like the cow being dry of milk. So I thought that was cool. That is really cool. Like, what would, why would they want to steal the person's soul? Like, what would they do with it? I don't know. I think just shits and giggles. Seems like something a cat would do. <laughs> but they are pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've never found an explanation as to why the Kashi would do that. They just want to steal people's souls. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if like, I don't, I don't know who my specific fae is or connection to the fae specifically, but I've definitely been told by people, um, other spiritual folks when getting healing sessions and things like that that I have a connection to the fae mm. I never really like understood it and then I think I was even told that I have like lineage from it and I think I remember telling you this and you're like mm -hmm. yeah this makes sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> why does it make sense I don't <laughs> I don't know. It's just like your general like vibe and how you interact with the world and stuff. It just like, it makes sense that there would be this fey aspect to it. True. It's not in a bad way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. It makes sense more and more as I read about it. I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, I can see the, the resemblance of it. And also just like the way that I like to move through the world and interact with people can be pretty like, not moody, but, <laughs> but definitely like can be silly and then have a little bit of a strong side, I guess. Because supposedly you're not supposed to like fuck with the Fae in any way. Although yeah. I'm not scared about the Fae. Me neither. Like I'm, like I said, I respect the Fae, so I would never do anything to instigate anything. And I'm a little afraid of the idea of changelings, not gonna lie. Okay, so I guess maybe we should probably talk to people, tell the listeners that there are rules and people are suggesting a lot of practitioners in the spiritual community that believe we shouldn't even interact with the Fae in some capacity. Like, don't trust them. They're going to like fuck you over. They'll end up like they're very manipulative. They are really good with their words. So if they, but if they promise something, they follow through with it. That is one thing I've learned. You have to be careful about certain outcomes, like being cautious about making deals with the Fae. Anything else that I'm missing about this? I think that's it. Though with my like family ancestry and everything, so all the type of fae that I'm familiar with 
it's all the type of fae where rather it's the type of folklore where like you, you have house spirits that are usually a type of fae so i just whenever i hear things like that it's like but what about house spirits and house fae that are there to like protect the home and make it better obviously i want to be able to trust and thank those fae it's true do you ever think that the spirits that we're living with are just fae and we didn't realize it sometimes i do think about it yeah some things that move around or that happen or whatever i just feel like it's not really a spirit thing to do oh yeah i think i'm fully living with fae after i read how do you know if you're <laughs> there are fae in your home and i'm fully believing that i'm living with fae and i've always lived with the fae like I think there's a lot of strong lineage in, like, the Irish witch world in my family. Because, like, there was stuff that was just so normalized, like, things missing all the time and never really realizing where things are missing or, you know, like, little noises or the door that keeps opening up at my parents' place that could be just the ghost. But that I'm just, they're just too many like jokes, prankster stuff. And I just think that is very closely related to the Fae. I also don't think it's a coincidence that when just before I start learning more around my connection or supposed connection to the Fae, that I started buying so many plans, so many plans. And I think that is also part of it. Like if you create did you just see that orb in your video? No, I did not see an orb, but... There was totally an orb in your video that went by. Oh my god! <laughs> so when we were doing our research, there were so many... There's, there is so many fae. Like, I... Honestly, over 20 different types of fae. So do just people just figure out... These are different types of fae through storybooks. Is that how they create them? Or how do they have all these different types? How do they find out there's all these different types of fae? They go into the middle of the woods and they stand right in the middle of a fairy circle, which is a great idea. <laughs> it's a fairy circle. We should probably tell people what a fairy circle is. Yeah, so a fairy circle is usually um, formed by mushrooms. It's a naturally formed circle of mushrooms that... If I remember correctly, because I didn't read up on it, I'm just, I like fairy circles. I think they're neat, but we'll never, ever step inside one because, but um, it seems like Wait, they're- you don't want to. You don't want to get stuck in the realm? Not really. <laughs> I mean, I've never been there. I don't want to, and I don't want to get stuck in somewhere I've never been where I don't oh, know whatever. anyone. <laughs> Do you also think that people who partake in mushrooms recreationally- can be connected to the fae because they're taking mushrooms? Probably. Do you think? That's probably true, yeah. I mean, what if the things you experience while in mushrooms are just, like, your experiences and interactions with the fae? Or you're in a portal. Like, that's your portal to get to the fae. So if anybody who takes mushrooms and is interested in the fae, please let us know. Yeah. If this is true. If you feel like it is. We would like to know. <laughs>
Oh, here's a traditional Scottish rhyme about the danger of fairy rings. Okay. He wa tills the fairies green, nay luck again shall hay, and he wa spells the fairies ring, betide him wanton way, for weirdless days and weary nights are his till his dean days, but he wa gains by the fairy ring, nay duel nor pine shall see, and he wa cleans the fairy ring, an easy death shall dee. Jesus Christ, Scotland. So <laughs> basically, my very, very educated translation is it's just going to like be not normal. Like your world's not going to be normal after being in a fairy ring. And the fact that they have the phrase for weirdless days and weary nights, because in Scottish mythology and Scottish beliefs, there's this idea of finding your weird or being weird and that's kind of finding like the thing you're good at the find the idea of finding um what you're called to what you're meant to do so if you're weirdless it means you don't really have like a path in life you like don't understand as much yeah you become disconnected from yourself it seems like and a lot of doing a lot of things involving a fairy circle like breaking it or collecting anything from inside a fairy circle can be bad luck which why would you collect anything but people do that often i don't understand why are people's obsession with collecting like items that are in spiritual realms i don't know people don't know that the mushrooms they collect are part of the fairy world yeah it's like those are gonna fuck you up in so many ways but I do know people that do collect mushrooms or just like bring it into their homes. It's probably fine if it's not part of a fairy circle. Yeah. Um, but like if you're finding a naturally formed ring and you like collect things from it, that's when it's not going to be the most fun for you or no. your kin. No. Or kin. Oh, God. I assume, again, changelings. Change, changelings are scary. Okay, we'll have to be talking. We'll, we'll talk about changelings in a, yeah. in a moment. But let's talk about the flowers that are really connected because we're kind of in that realm right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you have bluebells. So what they say is like, according to legend, one who hears a bluebell ring will soon die. A field of bluebells is especially dangerous as it is intricately interwoven with the fairy enchantment. There's a lot of connection with death and the fairies. Do you Have you noticed that as well? Yeah. Okay. So then there's cow's lips. These are loved and protected by the fairies. They help one to find like fairy gold, which is interesting. What's fairy gold? Do you know anything about fairy gold? Okay. So um, money held to be given by fairies, but turned into rubbish when put to use. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, is the main thing. So um, I'm going to mention Harry Potter again because I'm that person. There's a thing where like there's a bunch of leprechauns like throwing gold and then it's later that like the gold just disappears because it's leprechaun gold. Oh, right, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Trixie, Trixie fairies. Sorry, I said it that way because I grabbed my cat's ears when I said it. Then there's like foxglove and heather, which is supposed to like 
open the gates between the fairy world and our own world. That makes sense. I was reading about a type of Scottish or Celtic fae that they live in the heather. Okay. And um, get up to all kinds of shiz. Yeah. And fairies enjoy living in understood, undisturbed places. So, and I think that heather is a place that's undisturbed. And then we have pansies, which is used as love potion. So the fairy king, one of the fairy kings would use it often. Supposedly invented it. Or like, yeah, a fairy king thought to have been invented by Shakespeare. So I don't know what that is about. I don't think Shakespeare invented anything except words. Most (laughs) things he includes in... (laughs) Like, most things that he includes in his plays that are, like, mythological or magical in any way, at least this is the case with anything involving witches, he he is theorized to have actually stolen things from witches to use in his plays. So I imagine it's the same with the Fae. He's definitely stolen some shit, for sure. Yeah. Then we have peonies, which are supposed to help the seeds from peonies are supposed to help like children from being kidnapped by the fae. Okay. Then we have prima roses or prime roses, sorry. These flowers make them invisible. So eating them lets you see fairies. So if you eat it, you can see the fairies. Then we have ragwort used as makeshift horses by the fairy. Then we have St. John's wort, which I've heard before. Protects against fairy spells and also used as healing herb, which we've heard before. I know that. Yep. And then we have wild thyme, part of the recipe for a brew to make one seed of fairies. That's part of that. And then we have different types of trees that are also connected to the fairies. You can read a bit more about them, but I'll name what they are, like the trees. But we have like alder, apple, then we have ash trees, we have birch, which is a lot around here, birch trees in our area, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's also in in Europe. Yeah, so the birch stands out as a grateful slender tree with characteristics with white, you know, bowls, but the white indicates cleanliness and determination and overcoming difficulties. This tree starts the Celtic tree calendar and so represents the energies associated with new beginnings. And we're just doing we're filming this episode, filming, recording this episode, the day after the new moon, by the way. So, ah, yes. Round right now. Okay, and then we have the blackthorn, the elder, the hazel, hawthorn, oak, and rowan, willow. And that's about it. And then we have different types of mushrooms that are specifically connected to the fae. Um, we have toadstools. Okay. And then we have fairy, the fairy ring mushrooms, which we've talked about. So, those are a very quick version of plants and trees and mushrooms that are connected to the bay. Cool. A lot of those are associated pretty heavily with witchcraft as well. And one thing I was finding is that there's a lot of relationships between fairies and witches when yeah. I was reading. Like how... Um, fairy rings are some called sometimes called witches circles and there's a relationship to Walpurgis night there and a lot of the things that are used as protective charms against fairies 
are also used as protective terms against witches, which now has evolved to be like negative or evil spirits, <laughs> but started off as defense against witches, which I, when I first read that, I felt kind of betrayed because it was like, I'm using things that were used to protect against me, basically. Well, I think it also just comes back to that conversation of like, there, we are all living in the gray, right? Totally. And one of the things that kept coming up for me when I was looking at the relationship to the Fae, because I don't know if I necessarily believe like that the Fae is going to be harmful or scary, like the way that you read a lot of articles, they're always just like, no, don't connect with them. Yeah. And then the reason is that there, because witches have such a strong connection to the Fae, that there is that like respect between the two. Mm-hmm. And that there's like this understanding of not really like fucking up with each other, like don't fuck with each other. And, and because there's like this understanding of the respect and witches have respect usually, usually for, you know, certain practices that are not owned by witches usually, <laughs> that they're more likely to want to work with us. So that's interesting to me that I think. Yeah. Okay, should we talk about the different types of phase now? Sure, let's do it. Okay, tell you started with one, so. One that's probably pretty common is elementals, which are basically personify a particular force of nature and exert powers over these forces. Like a gnome is is an elemental representing earth. Salamanders are an elemental um, representing fire etc. I can't remember the other ones. And there's others as well. Um, usually when people are talking about the Fae, I've seen a lot of people completely separate elementals and then they're not related to any other type of Fae at all. But I do like the idea that it's things like gnomes and salamanders and the other <laughs> ones that I can't remember. Earth elementals are pixies, gnomes, sprites, and trolls. They live underground or in rocks and work in mines with minerals, take care of the earth and the soil. Air elementals are fairies, elves, and sylphs. Sylphs being um, similar to fairies, but with larger wings, and they're usually kind of angelic in some ways. Water elementals are mermaids and mermen, um, undines and nymphs, naiads and wyverns which are a type of water snake or dragon. And fire elementals are things like salamanders, unicorns, which I think is interesting because I don't think yeah. it's fiery. Um, and then dragons as well. Are I also... don't know a lot about dragons, but I like hearing more and more about them in the spiritual community. Yeah, a lot of people have been talking about them lately. Um, one thing that I saw in terms of the fae was that Fairies and fae can kind of be a term that refers to any types of magical creatures. Okay. Sometimes people choose to not include things like mermaids and or uh, unicorns and dragons and those kinds of things. Yeah. But I think it's just up to individual definitions, honestly. Yeah, exactly. There's like a few. I'm trying to find some that are less overwhelming. I'm going to try and maybe use this one. Because, like, literally, there's so many different phase. But do you want to talk about changelings? So, changelings, they are 
fairies that are left in the place of stolen humans. Typically, they replace infants or really young children, but they can also replace adults. It's just less common. Yeah, so there's all these myths and legends and stories about someone going to check on their baby and then being like, oh, it's not actually my child. It's a, it's a monster fairy. And there's different ideas of why the changelings want to replace us or want to replace children, at least. Why do they want to replace children? I'm going to look it up real quick. I'm a changeling. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. A changeling is typically identifiable via a number of traits. In Irish legend, a fairy child may appear sickly and won't grow in size like a normal child and may have notable physical characteristics such as a beard or long teeth. Yeah, those would. Oh, that. Yeah, that was. Those would be red flags for something. (laughs) That was totally me when I. You just had like a lush yeah. beard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was me. Yeah. yeah. They may also display intelligence far beyond their parent years, as well as possess uncanny insight. A common way that a changeling could identify itself is through displaying unusual behavior when it thinks it's alone, such as jumping about, dancing, or playing an instrument. Though this last example is found only within Irish and Scottish legend. So a human child might be taken due to many factors to act as a servant, the love of a human child, or malice. Most often, it was thought that fairies exchanged the children. In rare cases, the very elderly of the fairy people would be exchanged in place of a human baby so that the old fairy could live in comfort being coddled by its human parents. Simple charms, such as an inverted coat or open iron scissors left where the child sleeps, were thought to ward them off. Other measures included a constant watch over the child. Can we just talk about how terrible of an idea it is to leave a child with open scissors? Yeah. Or any, I don't know. I'm very, like, working, obviously, with what I did before. But sharps? I would never leave anybody with sharps. Like, I don't trust anybody with sharps. Especially in their bed. Like, that's just a recipe for disaster. I don't like it. But yeah, so... I like the idea of an old uh, fairy just wanting to live in comfort. How long do they live for, do you think, old fairies? Probably a really long time. Yeah, that's I true. mean, I imagine that the lifespan of a fae is way longer than a human. That's true. Honestly, there's a shit ton of different types of fae. We'll see what makes it into this episode. Okay, so we have elven fairies. And these are water fairies found in ponds in the Netherlands, specifically, I guess, though they don't have wings. So they can, however, fly by being encased in bubbles and traveling on the winds. Main home is the river elf and is sacred to them. So small fairies, extremely light and sometimes shift into otters. Okay, so we have ashrays. So ashrays are water fairies as well from Scotland that are mistaken for sea ghosts. Hmm. have white bodies and look like 20-year-old human, both male and female, nocturnal fairies. If sunlight hits them, they will melt into a rainbow-colored pond of water. I sometimes <gasps> wonder, but sorry. Sorry, I'm just like, because you know how there's puddles that are multicolored that have like, they're associated from oil or whatever, but it's like, what yeah. if it's not from oil? It's just, it's a fairy, I know. That's so sad. 
It is really sad. Now I'm going to cry every time I see those. It's like, I want to take a photo of it because it's so pretty, but oh God, it's a dead fairy. (laughs) Also, that makes me wonder about like people you meet in your life at night sometimes. Yeah. Are you even a real human? Are you even a person? Are you just like a mystical being? Oh, there's some people that I've met where I'm like, are you actually a ghost or like some kind of fae? Are you a time traveler? Because like, you're not within this realm. Really? Tell me. Tell me. Um, The most specific example I can think of, and to this day, I'm like low key, like my mom and I interacted with someone who wasn't real. So we were at the, I think the Museum of Civilization in either Ontario or Quebec. It's like right on the, like the border and there was an exhibit all about bog mummies which is one of my favorite topics i love mummies so much they're cool and bog mummies is exceptionally interesting so there was all like the um the bog mummies and then like you know facial reconstruction and everything and the room was like really dark and eerie and then there was this guy with like long straggly hair and like kind of wild eyes wearing like period costume and like he was telling us like the story of certain things and my mom was like man that was like such a good actor and stuff and I was just like and to this day I'm like I don't know if that was an actor because like he did not feel like he was in this realm and getting good right like I'm getting oh yeah um because like I didn't see him at all afterwards and I no one I I feel like no one else saw that he was there even and it was just like why would a museum have an interactive actor telling you about things that's so weird and there weren't any other interactive actors no he was the only one and was just like to the same like I don't know he was real Probably wasn't. He wasn't a real human. I don't remember having specific, like, memories of people. But I know when I was a child, I would have really weird, not weird interactions, but, like, a lot of elderly, like, people would come to me a lot to, like, want to connect in, like, the child aspect of me. And some of them I didn't, I felt were not, not not human, but there was just like something otherly worldly about them. What if they were like leeching your energy? (laughs) Maybe. But I never felt like, I think if you know people who are leeching your energy, you would also know that they're like, you would feel gross afterwards. That's true. Positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's also how I feel about it. Sometimes I wonder if in certain cases there's elderly people who are like already like starting to be more in the spiritual realm than the physical realm. I think so. so. Yeah. Like they're still like their bodies are here and everything, but it's like they're just like in that veil area. Okay, and then we have Bally Bog, an ancient Irish fairies that protect the peat bogs of Ireland. Very ugly in appearance, and they are covered in mud, and they are completely round, known as boggins in northern England. Then we have banshees, 
is the type of fairy that has been seen and heard in Ireland and Scotland for hundreds of years, usually believed to announce or warn of death in some of the old Irish and Scottish families. When seen in Ireland, she's usually washing burial shrouds as a symbol for preparation for a burial. She looks different in each region where she has been seen. Some say she's a gorgeous woman, while others claim she looks more like a green hag and scraggly hair and long nails. The one distinguishable quality of the banshee is her morning wail, a piercing and eerie cry that can be heard miles away. Some are comforted by her wailing, while others are instilled with immediate fear. First of all, banshee is totally like a thing that I'm, I'm fairly certain like Europeans use or English people use. Oh, you're a banshee or something. Like, I think it's like a name, which is weird. Probably. I mean, there's some name, some things that just get integrated into the, like the common lexicon as like insults or whatever. Yeah. Like people will call someone a hag, but like they're generally not literally a hag. Exactly. And it, this is also interesting that this we talk about like the death piece which we don't really talk about about fae or we don't think about the fae has to do with death a lot and that Mm -hmm. was one of them we have brownie so a benevolent house fairy thought to have come from scotland to america by the scottish immigrants colonialism at its finest right (laughs) but not kidding (laughs) um associated with the element earth and are also known as a house brownie or a little man supposed to pick a house with a nice and caring family in which to aid the woman of the house in her chores they do so at night when everyone is sleeping some believe that brownies have the ability to shapeshift into domestic and farm animals such as a rooster we have a chloricon a cousin of the leprechaun who is usually dressed in red and guards a family's wine cellar they choose their family wisely and pick a family who is ethical and kind to to all life and never choose clergymen also known as the Monsilio in Italy. Divas, a type of fairy originating in Persia and Greece, small fairies that appear as bright orbs of light that live in nature and are one with mother nature, said to live in the woods and in conjunction with the natural vibrations around them. We have elf, so a type of fairy that has been and seen all around the world, their appearance changes from country to country. Some say elves are tall and beautiful, while others claim them to be small and chubby. Most don't bother with humans, but as a general rule, trooping elves are good and solitary elves are usually malevolent. There's Kelpie, a type of fairy seen in Scotland and Ireland associated with the water, web-footed and ugly water spirits and aren't seen anymore. Some even believed to be carnivorous and cannibalistic. They were said to snatch deer from the shoreline to eat. Other fairies and even humans were eaten by kelpies. Shape-shifting was possible by the male kelps as they would shift into handsome human men to lure young women to the water in order to consume them. Rude. Okay, so nymph, a type of fairy from Greece said to be very seductive and are more of classification of fairies. There are, wood, there are wood nymphs, water nymphs, tree nymphs, grove nymphs, etc. have a reputation for being obsessed with sex, 
Hence the term for someone addicted to sexual activity, nymphomaniac. A selkie, a water fairy that has the ability to change from the appearance of seal into a human. Most of the legends told of women selkies who would be caught by a fisherman and made to be his wife only to find her seal coat later on and take back to the sea, forever leaving her grieving husband and children behind on land. Then we have sprites, which is an owl fairy. Then we have will-o'-wisp, a type of fairy that dances across lakes and bodies of water at night, which if you ever gone to a lake at night, that's the light that these fairies give off tends to look like a flickering candle or flickering orb of light. They have been seen all over the world. That's it. That's all I have for right now. There's so many. There's so many. Like I only wrote down a couple and the ones that I wrote down weren't on your list, <laughs> except for brownies, but we don't have to get into it more. Because um, that's an extensive list. And we already talked about Kachi, which is the one fae that I really care about. There you go. Throughout this, I think we talked about how we are, Leah and I have connection to the fairies. And supposedly my lineage is from the fairies. And so I wanted to figure out if my home has fairies. <laughs> and so here are some seven common signs you should look for to know if fairies are in your home. So the first is, even if you didn't plant anything outside, you will notice plants growing close to your home. If you live in a highly urbanized area with no space for planting, fairies will make their presence known by blowing some dandelion seeds your way. We get so many dandelions and so many flowers that I don't know why they would grow here. And we keep getting tulips as well, even though we've never planted them. Like those are definitely from people before, but yeah, I'll take that one. I know. I have a wild garden behind my house, my place right now. So yeah. Number two, I can get behind this one. Small and shiny objects suddenly vanish, such as coins and pieces of jewelry. Fortunately, those objects can be quickly found. Yes and no. I have shit missing all the time, all the time. Like my keys, things like just jewelry, like little items will get go missing or just place somewhere else. And I'll be running out the door being like, okay, where are my fucking keys? I literally just put them over here. Where are they? Look over, 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 all around, everywhere, you know, doing all the things, going through my couch, and then I'll go back to the same spot and they're fucking there. Wild. I don't know. You had a jeweler missing, though. Yeah, I st- it's still gone. I don't know where it is. It's this pentagram ring that I really love. Um, yeah, I hope it turns up. Number three, if you have pets, they may suddenly exhibit happy, energetic behaviors such as dancing, running, or jumping around. During such times, fairies may be playing with them. I mean, when Clover was staying with me, she would definitely play with whatever what was happening in my home. Like whoever lives here, which I think multiple people like spirits live here and clearly fairies now, were playing with her. It was just so interesting when you see animals play with spirits. Have you seen that with your cats? No, I mean, I don't think so. They're always seeing things in the house though. Yeah. That they're like looking down the hallway fixedly and it's like this is really unnerving what are you seeing that I'm not seeing yeah 
like John D and Lily aren't really like, well, I could see John D because like sometimes he'll just like, even before Bella, he would just make like annoyed sounds like something was like irritating him. And then he would like be running down the hallway being like, Ugh. like stop playing with me. I don't want to play with you. Leave me alone. <laughs> this is designated nap time. That's so funny. Number five, at night or even during sunset, you may hear small, strange taps, the source of which you are unable to find. That's me, folks. That is me. That has been my life living in this apartment for how long? And actually more recently, ever since I found out about the Fae lineage, I think, but even though I think like it probably that tapping has been around for a while or tappings, and same with like the house that I grew up in, there's always like weird tappings that I kept hearing. Talking about playfulness and phase or whoever the spirit was, they, I think they wanted to question, they wanted me to question my intuition about them for a second. Mm. Because when I was going to bed and I would like move, every time I moved, it would tap. So I kept thinking, okay, maybe it's my, as I shift, my bed taps it or whatever and I kept like playing around with it like I just you know when you get fixated on something you're like okay I'm just gonna move and then see if it continues and I kept moving kept trying to move really fast in my bed just like trying to play with it and then I realized it couldn't keep up with my movements and then it kept tapping even when I wasn't moving and then I was like see a little fucker and I mean that in a loving way I knew you were real. I knew you were real. So yeah, so that was one of them. That's so cool. I like that. Is it cool though? I don't know. Like it's funny. I think they're having feelings about me moving though. Probably. Like I definitely think there's a lot of like more activity that's happening. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more activity happening since. Yeah, because it's, it's a big change. Spirits yeah. react like cats when there's big change. They just don't like it, and then they act weird. I wonder if any of them are going to follow me. Number six, you will see wild birds come and perch near your home, singing their songs briefly, and then flying away. They will do this while the fairies are in your home. Cool. We get a lot of wildlife on our front lawn and around our house. We definitely get a lot of magpies on our front banister. Sometimes crows as well, but that's less common. I get magpies as well, and like doves, not doves, pigeons, there you go, lots of pigeons. Okay, and lastly, number seven, you will notice that small articles of clothing and accessories suddenly go missing or turn up in unexpected places inside the house. True, not true for you? I mean, pieces of jewelry and stuff are always going missing for me. Usually they turn up. Usually it's just my own dumbass, like... Or my cats playing with things because I don't put things away very well. But <laughs> sometimes there's just things where I will look and look and look and yeah. Do you have the fae in your house? Do we? It's hard to say, but um, I think we definitely learned a lot about the fae today. I learned things I didn't really know, which is good. So. Feel more connected to the fae though. All right. So thanks for tuning into this episode, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you're not already, give us a follow on Instagram at Mystic in the Hag. 
Also, Coven Collective is happening this weekend, October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Danielle's reading tarot. I'll be behind the scenes making sure everything runs smoothly. It's going to be fun. We have lots of cool vendors and yeah, workshops and everything. And it doesn't matter where you are. It's entirely online. So it's going to be amazing. All right. Well, until next time, mystical beings. Bye. Bye.